Hi everyone, episode 38, and I'm going to talk so quickly in this. Uh, huge apologies, but it's because the second part of today's podcast is going to be with the amazing uh, Anita Kikowska of Microportals, who's another member of the co working group, and she talks through like the founder challenges, the pivots, all of her sort of best practices for building a tech startup and she is currently uh, an ODX fellow which if people don't know is uh, an accelerator uh, run by OnDeck they invest in um, in some of the founders and so it's highly competitive it's a relatively new thing but uh, I think you'll find it really really interesting some of the things that came out was around um, the importance of just doing things getting over your perfectionism the uh, huge benefits that can come from building with no code because you just get products out there quicker and you can then start iterating and really getting a better uh, understanding of what your customers need and getting closer to product market fit which i think was a great tool and tip sorry a great tip uh, they build in bubble just in case you're you're curious um and uh yes yeah, so i won't talk too much about that because i obviously want you to listen to that interview but then stuff that's been going on with me, I've really been focusing on trying to, well, A, redo my website because, frankly, I've been beyond embarrassed about how atrocious it looks and I'm nearly there. So I'm hoping over the weekend it's going to be finished. I was hoping for today, but that's not going to happen. Um, anyway, so that's good. Um, I will keep you posted on that, uh, but also about trying to incorporate because I'm really worried that somebody's going to sue me. Uh, because now that I'm doing these events and they're getting really big, the last thing I want is for something to happen and, you know, I haven't incorporated and then, you know, they, they come and try and take our apartment. So <laughs> my husband would not be happy about that one. So that's what I'm looking at. I've been recommended uh, Zen Business. I've also been recommended another one called Corpnet. Uh, and that was by uh, an accountant or a financial advisor. Uh, so I'm going to have a look at that one. And I'll put the link in the show notes because that has a really interesting like, library of resources that you can go through and it will help you understand which, I mean, I'm sure they both do, to be honest, but it helps you understand, you know, what type of um, entity you need, you know, different things to worry about, uh, all of that good stuff. So I've been focusing on that. Um, what else have I in on my little notes here? Oh, yeah, the, the challenges of like curveballs when they come up because I don't know if you're like me, but like I'm a massive dopamine junkie, which is why I find it really hard to do stuff when there isn't a deadline. And, you know, you get dopamine when you feel like you've done something well, or if somebody says congratulations or whatever. And so recently people have been com contacting me about stuff, which isn't really like my core business, but the fact that they see value in what I'm doing is a big compliment, you know, it's a big compliment. Uh, but it can be really distracting at the same time. And so I'm trying to figure out how to how to balance that, not, you know, to help people because I want it and to sort of take that and own it, but also stay true to what I'm building. So I don't know if anybody here has had that problem. And so specifically, you know, people contacting me about jobs, about co-founder roles, about, you know, building something with them, uh, investing with them, even being like a venture scout, and like all of this stuff is great and I find it really flattering, but that isn't quite where my head's at right now. And so I'm trying to figure out, okay, 
is this something that I can do alongside what I'm doing or like how can I um, politely say no so I'm trying to figure that out and at the same time recognizing that I'm not able to give my all to everything I'm doing at the moment too and so I need to delegate more I need to find people who can help and support me and I had a fantastic call with another member of the co-working group this week uh, shout out to Tasha and um, she was talking a little bit about how she delegates bringing on uh, volunteers when she ran a not-for-profit uh, just you know putting in place operations to help you know streamline things and, and being really focused on lots of different um, you know being really focused on what's important and um, that was a really useful uh, conversation to to have uh, with her so thank you again Tasha I really appreciate your time and I think that's true with anybody it's you know if in doubt if you're getting too much in your head just get out of your head and, and the best place to get out of your head is to either talk to yourself and talk through the problem that you're having or to talk to somebody else so don't feel like you have to have all of the answers you know that when i was doing the knowledge shop uh alpha program for the incubator like that was really the premise behind what i was doing was like i wanted people to get out of their heads because i knew how debilitating it was when i was in my own head so just get out of it. And I think that should probably be my rule moving forward, actually. It's like when I'm just going round and round, just pick up a phone and, and workshop it with somebody else. Um, so on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you. There is this fantastic interview coming up. I'm going to do some more amazing editing skills with my iMovie uh, app. And I will see you all next week. I'm still recording. Bye again. So hi everybody. I'm very excited to have the second guest ever on the podcast. Uh, so this is uh, Anita Kikowska and she is the CEO of Microportal, which is basically trying to speed up revenue generation for B2B sales teams through the creation of their client portal. And I was also really impressed when I was doing the research as well to see you're an ODX fellow as well. Um, I mean, massive congratulations in itself because I Thank know you. how competitive that was to, to mm. get into that. So I just want to start with a little bit about how impressive your background. You're originally from Macedonia. And, True. Um, you study computer science, you're a Fulbright scholar. You've already, I guess this is like second or third startup that you've started or worked with, probably more. But you were also a NASA data naught. And I really have no idea what a NASA data naught is, but it sounds <laughs> right. really impressive. <laughs> so can you just tell us what that is? Right, right. I mean, first of all, thank you for inviting me to just have this conversation and share everything that we're going through as founders. Um, in regards to my background, I really do appreciate you saying that it's impressive. I really do think that I can do more. And I feel like as founders, they, we, we kind of think in that way. I did start at another startup two years ago also. It was a great lesson on um, how you should approach product market fit and all those things that I learned through that experience. And hopefully I'm not going to make the same mistakes right now. My goal in life was that I wanted to be the best marketer and salesperson who is going to understand how products are built so I can sell them better. In terms of NASA data notes, we were organizing these uh, local hackathons 
for uh, local software engineers, VR, AR, uh, all these kinds of technical departments. And we were enabling them to use open data from NASA to build solutions to global problems. What tipped you over in terms of saying, I love working in the startup space, but now I'm really ready to go and build my own thing, something that you want to go and raise funds for? Right. And that's a great question. And I feel like there's never the right time to do it. But I know that a couple of things changed for me. For example, I started to understand more what success looked like for me. I just felt it internally. Another thing is that I was last year in November, I found myself sitting in my office in Macedonia and I, I kind of got to think that every time I start this side project, I never really commit time because when I work for someone, I really want to put, you know, hundred percent. And I just understood that I'm that kind of person who just can't focus on two things like that. So either I was going to quit and focus on my own thing, or I'm just going to work for someone else. Um, and so realizing those two things, I felt braver. I found uh, an amazing co-founder that I can rely on. And it just felt like that was something that I needed to do. And then you just touched on something. You were like, I found a co-founder. Like people mm -hmm. just talk about finding a co-founder all the time, but actually finding a co-founder is really hard. How did you just happen to find your amazing co-founder? That's so true. And I'm seeing a lot of other founders who just struggle to find a co-founder. In my case, it was really simple. Um, I knew Marina since we were kids. We were working on different products even before MicroPortal, so it just made sense for us. She's taking care of the technical part and taking care of the business part of it. And you know, we know how to work together. We know how to, um, you know, own those two parts individually and then move those things forward. So how did you raise the subject in the first place to say, hey, do you want to, to go and do this ourselves? I was interested to apply to ODX. That was last year in November. And then I started to think about MicroPortal. I just said, okay, there's an idea that I want to talk with you. And these things usually happen naturally with us because mm -hmm. we always talk about products. We always talk about solutions. Like you would hear us week by week saying, hey, how, how could you solve that? What would your approach to that be? So it happened, I think, very naturally. And so then you've spoken a little bit now about ODX and for people who mm -hmm. don't know about um, On Deck and, and ODX and and also why you ended up applying for them. How OnDeck works is basically they have different fellowship programs for different areas. So you would find like a sales fellowship program, you would find like no code fellowship program, all these different programs that essentially are flywheels to support the founder. So it's really kind of a community that supports founders to do their best job. And how I got introduced to on deck was through my network on Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter, specifically in the no code space. And so um, I first I joined their no code program. And through that program, I got introduced to the ODX program. I, I met some amazing people and founders who were part of this program. And it just made sense to apply. Mm -hmm. You put yourself out there and then one thing led to another, led to another. Um, 
that's true i mean you're you're making this all sound so easy what's been like the toughest thing for you so far and and how have you managed to do that oh i can talk about this forever i feel like it's always tough to be a founder usually a perfectionist and in that sense every time that i have an idea or when we're trying to build a product i really want it to be perfect even before we put it out there and so this is something that i actually faced as an issue with amster with our previous startup um and so i knew even before i started microportal that um i needed a way to face uh, these challenges in a way that i'm not gonna impact how we build this startup in a bad way right and so what i kind of started to do i started to kind of break down my work into a few small steps okay because usually what i do is build up this idea in my head and then when i go on my computer to actually do some work i feel overwhelmed because i already built up this idea in my head and also sounds so perfect so right now what I'm doing and what I really try to push myself to do is like do more small steps, do them consistently. Um, at the end of every week, I write down focus notes for next week. Like look at the big picture. Here we are. This is where we want to go. Okay. Head down. Now we, we, we're going to build mode. So just try to control myself. Nothing is perfect. I'm just trying to test and validate and make as much as mistakes as I can, because that's the way to build a product. I know no code is, um, you know, something that you're very passionate about. Do you think it's important for founders generally to have a good understanding of technology, whether that's them coding themselves or at least being able to come up with a proof of concept with a no code tool? I mean, it depends on the product that you're selling. I've been selling products that only had like a Figma mockup without any product being built, but with that being said, no code tools, they're gonna enable more founders to build MVPs real fast and to validate them even faster. I'm gonna be mm -hmm. honest with you, the product that we are building is built in bubble. We were able to build an MVP of our product in just three weeks because my co-founder Marina, wow. she's an expert. And if you want to bring like a no code expert on, on the podcast, I definitely recommend her. I might be biased, but you should check her Twitter. <laughs> and so in the first month we had a product, no one in our cohort had a product. They were still hiring for developers and we already had an MVP to test out with our uh, target persona, right? And so the next month, this was last month, I reached out to account executives, SDRs, and I was able on a demo call to show them what this can do for them. So in just two months, we were able to build a product and start validating the product. It's not like no code is going to replace developers. No code is going to open so many more opportunities for the rest of the world to be able to move quickly with their ideas or to even help with their work. As you're talking about that, you know, what's coming to my mind too, is that you're then much more quickly able to understand whether there is something there that your customers want. Are there any other tools and resources that you would recommend to people who are listening to this that have helped you on your on your way so far? Um, there are a couple of tools that have helped me generally when I'm doing marketing and sales. Um, it depends on the stage where you're at, uh, but Alfred 
it's called Meet Alfred and Apollo. Mm -hmm. So those two tools are automation tools for reaching out to your prospects with uh, an option for you to personalize this outreach. In terms of social media, I can mention um, LinkedIn and Twitter uh, are the biggest uh, inbound channels for us right now. Uh, building public as a concept, I don't know, um, maybe I can talk more about that, is literally as you build a product, you share updates about your product or you share updates about your founder's journey or whatever you're building or doing. And then people get hooked on that. They, they, they see and they appreciate your consistency. They engage with your process. They want to see what you're building. And most of our customers actually came through, you know, sharing what we're building with the public. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And so to that end then, how has MicroPortal sort of evolved from the early days to, to where you are now? Yeah, that's a good question. So actually we were building like, um, portfolio page for digital makers at the beginning we realized that it wasn't something that people would pay for and then throughout that way a really good friend of mine uh kp he's leading the on deck no code program i went on a call with him and what he shared with me was a framework on how to find you know at first your founder market fit but before you find the product market fit you need to really understand who you are as a founder in that story so um, given what he said, I was like, okay, let's analyze like how my experience relates to what I want to do and what are the, the problems and issues that I was facing before. And then I actually had one idea on how I wanted to, to pivot with uh, the first product that was MicroPortal, basically. I now understand from this perspective, from this point, that I needed to go through that uh, validation of the first product, the first phase, in order to understand how I'm feeling about this product is totally different. My expertise on the topic, how I'm approaching the product, my understanding of the pro problem in the space is so much different. I can sell it better. I can communicate it better. It wasn't an easy transition because, you know, founders won't admit, but they hate pivots because you've been working on something the last three months and now you need to do it. So to that end yeah. then, give us your elevator pitch. Like what's your oh. 60 seconds for micro portal? Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, with micro portals, account executives can create branded pages for their prospects to share documents, to share next steps, to share videos. And these pages can send back this information to the seller, to the account executive. Um, if their prospect is viewing a particular part of this portal, how often they interact with the page. We're working and adding more insights on these pages to, for the seller to learn. So every time a new buyer comes in and we're talking B2B sales, B2B software, they can analyze, they can see what worked for the previous buyer and they can adapt their content so they sell better and faster. And this product is amazing for multi-stakeholder deals, deals who run for more than three weeks. I love it. I've been on the receiving end of B2B. I, I mm -hmm. can fully appreciate how long those processes take and, and how easy it is to lose momentum. So exactly. I think anybody who is trying to make things easier, you know, hats off, hats off to you. Um, and so then like a final question, you know, what's your, what's your current struggle? Is there anything that you're looking for help with right now? If you can introduce us to people who work in sales, that's always a good thing. 
people who sell software as a service products who have longer deals. I just want to talk with them to understand what are their challenges? How can we help them? How can we build a better product for them? Well, there we go. That time absolutely flew. And because I'm sure lots of lots of people are looking at this going, are you guys like in the same booth or next to each other? We were both equally quite amused at this when we logged on, but no, we're in very different places. Uh, Anita's in Connecticut and I am in New York. We just happen to have an almost identical phone booth that we are yeah, that's true. from. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for joining us today. Really good luck uh, with MicroPortals and our love to uh, Marina as well. And we shall share uh the alfred the apollo the, all the different tools and things that you mentioned on the show notes afterwards so thank awesome. you so much and keep us thank posted. you too yeah of course with pleasure bye bye